Hello. Oh no, I forgot the episode number. Welcome to the Valley View Podcast, episode 111, I think. I'll check it out. I'm pretty sure this is 111. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that confidently. Welcome to Valley View Podcast, episode 111. My name is Tyler, and I'm here with Matt. Hey, Tyler, what's up? Uh, I've got Weddings by Karina at 107. Yeah, so, so that means 108 comes out okay. tomorrow on okay. July 6th. 109 comes out on July 13th. 110 comes out on July 20th. And now 111 will come out on July 27th. This is oh, 27. As I fly to Romania, okay. you will listen to the podcast. <laughs> and uh, it's not just Matt and I today. Say hi, Knut. Hello, podcast listeners. Knut, you, uh, you got on a podcast where I messed up the intro for like the first time in like a year and a half. That's just me, I guess. Mm. Uh, this makes uh, it means you're more comfortable. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say something about Canute's name, but then I realized it's not true because we've had two episodes in between. So disregard. Yeah, the second episode in a row with a K name. Well, it's not even true with Canute because his name's not actually Canute. <laughs> what is your name, Canute? My first name is Daniel. Daniel oh. Canute Kellender. What a oh. great name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are sponsored this week with Canute. Um. When I mess up the intro, it just feels so much more all over the place. Uh, yeah, typically, most podcasts would do a restart at this point. But we're all about authenticity, exactly. so we're not doing that. No way. Um, this week's episode of the Valley View Podcast is sponsored by Snapple. Uh, Snapple, great beverage. I actually drank some for the first time last night. Um, I don't think I'd ever had Snapple before because I think I assumed it was carbonated. Wow. First time Snappler? First time Snappler. Okay. Uh, fun fact, you can actually use, if you don't get the glass ones, maybe with the glass ones, but if you get the plastic bottles, you can cut the bottoms out and make binoculars out of them. It makes a good craft. Wouldn't that work with like a, a plastic bottle of Mountain Dew? Nope. Only Snapple. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Snapple, for sponsoring this week's episode of the Valley View Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we got a few directions we're going today with canute um we want to talk about fast food again because how you know how could i not <laughs> true um and then similar to when karina came on and we talked to her about weddings because she knows weddings if i know one thing about canute it's that he knows lawn games mm, so we're going to talk cool. about lawn like yard games with canute that's a great thing to be known for i think being good at games games. yeah yeah i mean i think canute is going to be like the dad that slays all of the other dads at every yard game i would like to think so as well yeah you're you're correct um and then what book are we talking about ecclesiastes uh depression yeah Yeah. so we're going from topics with lots of meaning like fast food and yard games Mm -hmm. to a book about the meaninglessness of life so we got both ends of the spectrum for this there's nothing with more meaning than fast food deals where do you want to start, Tyler? Uh, I'll start with fast food. Canute, in your opinion, it on July twenty seventh, twenty twenty three, what is the best fast food deal in existence? I don't know if I know the best fast food deal, but for me personally, there is one at McDonald's that you can get a cheeseburger for like two dollars, and then you can get the second one for a dollar. And mm. I'm not much of a big eater anymore so that's like a perfect meal right there Just and I, it costs like four dollars no fries tax. then also you can get a cheeseburger and a small fry or a cheeseburger and a mcchicken you can flip flop in between those three dang that's a killer deal it is <laughs> yeah four bucks for all of that yeah. wow <laughs> mcdonald's has kind of been my go-to for good value deals as well in my life 
like they used to have the dollar menu, right? Where everything was a buck. I'm sad the dollar menus are dying. Yeah. What what used to be on the dollar menu at McDonald's? You used to be able to get a, a double cheeseburger or yeah, a McChicken dang. or a fry all for a dollar or a drink. I remember because I would go on the cross country bus. Like we'd be coming home from meat that was far away. And my parents would give me $5 and I would only spend $4 and I would get three burgers and fries. Well, simpler times circa 2013. What about you, Tyler? What, what's, uh, what do you think is the best deal out there right now? Uh, I think currently the mm-hmm. best uh, fast food deal is Taco Bell breakfast burritos. Tell us about it. Well, my dad got me, got me into them. Um, and he said, go to Taco Bell for breakfast. It's like a bigger breakfast. So McDonald's breakfast burrito is, I think, one of the best fast food items in existence right now. Mm. But it's like 260 for one breakfast burrito or like 240 It's just like it's kind of expensive. Lot. I know. For yeah. like a little breakfast burrito. The Taco Bell ones are bigger and heartier. And they're only a buck fifty. Wow. Yeah. It's like bacon or sausage and then uh, egg and cheese for a buck fifty. And, and how many do you eat? Uh, now well, you go there for breakfast. As I'm going for breakfast, I probably only get three. Um, only three. I definitely could eat more than that, but I'm you know gotta gotta be a little wise with how much uh, fast food you eat. <laughs> what about you, Matt? What's the best deal? Well, when we lived in Wisconsin, uh, which is the home of Culver's, you know, uh, mm-hmm. someone turned us on to like getting a kids meal, like even as an adult. Yeah. So I don't know how good this deal still is. It is. It's still good. Still good. It's like seven bucks. Okay. Yeah. Seven mm-hmm. bucks. So you get, you know, the burger, you get the fries, you get a drink. And then of course you get the ice cream. Yeah. As scoopy well. token. Yeah. You get the scoopy token and yeah. And you get the scoopy token and you get the coupon for free ice cream. Yeah. yeah. So like that totally fills me up. I don't know what that would do for you, um, you guys, but yeah. I mean, that's a great deal. So huh. I still do it. If we go to Culver's. Can you think of a worst fast food deal on the market? Mm. Might need a minute for that one. <laughs> I have two, actually. Do you have any Canadian or is it just me with two of them? I'll go first. The only thing I could think of would be like getting just a sandwich and not the meal at any place. That's right. actually such a good point. But I don't go to like fast food spots or like random fast food spots. I like to stick to my few <laughs> and then I know, know the ones I know and that's what I get. I mean, I think Arby's is a really good example. So I love Arby's, but I think that Arby's like is just very overpriced if you get a sandwich because it's like six dollars for like just a sandwich, or you can do a combo wow. for like nine or ten or I don't know. Sometimes they're probably like eleven, but wow. like I don't want to pay six dollars for just a sandwich. Wow, yeah. The worst deal in fast food, in my opinion, right now is uh, Subway Footlongs, and I think that that I think that that comes from them used to, I think Subway five dollar footlongs were like one of the best deals ever. Mm, like a yeah. footlong for five dollars, like a full like I think that's like one of the best deals that's ever been in fast food. So they've been in recovery mode for the last six years. I think so, dude. Yeah. I think so. Because they've like if you if you go to a subway, you'll notice they've kind of like upped their game with like presentation. They have like some more options, oh, like really? they have like cooler signs and stuff. Okay. But now a sandwich is like thirteen dollars. It's just it's like it's not worth it. Wow. And like if I'm gonna if I could spend thirteen dollars for footlong at Subway, why would I just not go to like Potbelly or Jersey Mike's or somewhere with like higher quality meats and bread? Totally, yeah. Subway's yeah, thing sure. was that it was like the lowest quality sandwich, but it was cheap, and I love it. Like I love Subway. Yeah, but it's kind of a lot. So as long as we've got Canute here, well, is that the end of your list for bad deals? Yeah, that's fine. Arby sliders are horrible. Two dollars for one slider is not a good deal. <laughs> as long as we have Canute here and talk about fast food, like. If you and I were going to go get fast food somewhere and you pick the place, what are like three places you'd be likely to choose? It's kind of your top three, basically, regardless uh, of how good the deal is. Right now <laughs> would be Cane's. Oh, 
Chick Fil A. You want to go to Kentucky? Classic chicken. I yeah. was thinking of that honestly. <laughs> I gotta go to Walker, but I would ride with you. <laughs> uh, two different, two of the best chicken spots, Kansas and Chick Fil A, in my opinion. And I just think, yeah, McDonald's got a good deal right yeah. there. If I want a quick meal, that's like four bucks. I just go there and get those two sandwiches, and then I'm happy. And now, typically, when I get fast food with somebody, neither of us wants to choose. Uh, one person says three places, and the other person uh, chooses which one they like. So, out of those three, Matt, which one would you go to? I'd go to Kane's. Yeah, you choose Kane's over Chick Fil A. I think mm. I would. That shocks me. I, I mean, right now, I, it's kind of a flip of a coin, but Kane's is uh, it's the bomb. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here. Right? Kane's is literally amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Kane's is not. I don't think Kane's is a uh, well priced. Like I think it's slightly overpriced. Yeah, but I'd agree. The sauce. I can't do anything about it. It's funny. I think we, uh, I think we did the pick three and choose one thing. You and I one time. I don't think it worked because I think I didn't like any of the options you chose. Yeah, that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't know where we ended up. I think we ended like, up at Buffalo Wild Wings. Can you choose like a different three? <laughs> so yeah, that uh, we could talk about this for the whole podcast, but I think it would. I think it's probably already boring. Okay. Uh, what was the next thing? Yard one, games. Yard games. Yeah. Matt, introduce this. All right. Um, we're we're each gonna give our top three yard games or you might call them lawn games mm-hmm. uh what qualifies yeah that's the first thing we need to talk about is talk about what qualifies as a yard game and what does not and what's the criteria that you use so here's what i suggested pre-podcast that we didn't really have a chance to vet out but for, just for example you got a game like wiffle ball right usually played in the yard you know but would be my number one if it counted probably <laughs> right Played in the yard, but, you know, running is involved and like, you know, some skill with pitching and hitting, especially the running part, I think for me, puts it into the category of not a yard game, because I think like, okay, yard game is something that um, maybe an out of shape adult should be able to engage in just as well as like someone much younger and fitter, such as something like croquet, like don't have to run, just have to stand there and hit the ball or like bocce just chuck the ball out there. So that's kind of the criteria that I would propose. You don't have to be in shape to play it. I like that. That's a good criteria. Good criteria. Okay. And you don't, and I would say you also don't need to be in practice to play it. Yeah. Like all of my games, like I could, I could go and play it after not playing it for 10 years. I'd probably be bad, you Mm -hmm. know, but like I could play it without difficulty. So if that's our criteria, what would you do with something like volleyball? I mean, you can play volleyball. There, you're probably not going to hit it over the net. I'm probably okay. not going to hit it over the net a whole lot. Okay. But okay. you can play volleyball. Even okay. If you so haven't. we'd say volleyball, yes. Yes. I would say volleyball, yes. Badminton, yes. Even though it is kind of fringe because mm-hmm. you got to make some quick movements. Mm-hmm. Um, pickleball, yes. Mm. Wiffleball, no, sadly. And, and uh, well, pickle, you say pickleball, yes. Don't you need a special court to play pickleball? Ah, that's a good point. It's not a long game. Okay. So it doesn't <laughs> require a special court. Yeah. Can be played on the lawn. It can be played in your backyard. Yeah. And don't have to be in shape or in practice to play it. Okay. Perfect. There we go. All right. Okay. So with those uh, criteria laid down, Knut, you want to start with your number three? I'll give our number three. Yes. My number three would be bags or, if you're not from Minnesota, cornhole. Cornhole. <laughs> That's <laughs> our overall good sport. That's funny. My number three is also cornhole. Just walk up to it. Throw a bag, might get it in, might not. Um, so Matt, I you should ask this question to us, but I don't know if you will, so I'll ask it of us. Um can you why like we probably play cornhole more than any of the games that are higher on our list. Why is it our number three and not number two or number one? 
Because cornhole is everywhere. Like we, I would say I play cornhole like twice a week in the summer, if not more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think partly is because I get more mad at myself for being bad in cornhole <laughs> than my other games. And because it's everywhere, it's not like a novelty of, oh, I get to play it. That's fair. Oh, it's, oh, it's like, oh, cornhole, that's fine. I'll play it. But where my other two are like, oh, it's kind of rare. I don't have any games. I'm so excited. Yeah. Tight. Yeah, that'd be nice to play. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just feel like cornhole is um, like low ceiling, high floor. Like I'm going to have a six out of ten time playing cornhole basically every time. I've never. It's never going to be ten out of ten. Like there's always things that I'd be more excited about doing, but I'm never just going to like hate it. Like I'm never playing a game in a cornhole. Like I just unless it's you know unless it's been going for twenty minutes and we keep staying at nineteen. Okay, I do have a question for you. Um, how much does the quality of the boards affect your enjoyment of the game? Um, I have think... you ever played on boards that are pretty bad? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the boards that I think are bad are just really bouncy. Yeah. I don't really do a normal bags throw, mm-hmm. which is like where you kind of spin it like a disc and it kind of slides up the board. I kind of just kind of drop it in place and hope it goes maybe up a, bounce, up a bounce or something. Uh-huh. And yeah, I if they're super bouncy, then they just bounce all over. Mm-hmm. So it does affect your enjoyment of the game. It does. I would not say it affects my enjoyment, but it does affect how I play. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think I. I think it affects my enjoyment very little because even if the board, it's like every board is its own challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not like a pro. Huh. I'm not like a pro cornhole player, right? So it's not like, it's okay. not like I'm mad about the technical mm-hmm. correctness of the board. Mm-hmm. But like playing on your boards, Matt, it's like I think of your board as like a baseline board. The bounce is pretty normal. It's uh not super rough or super smooth like it's just a board mm-hmm. so when i play on a board that's like really bouncy or really like makes your di- makes disc makes your <laughs> bag like move really quick yeah it's just i mean it's a matter of learning the new board huh. so it, you, you yeah. approach the cornhole game kind of like a golf course like each sure. each set requires certain adjustments of you and you just kind of learn it and play it like a golf course yeah okay yeah. does it affect I your enjoyment that. of the game yeah for sure <laughs> Yeah. What kind of board are you the most angry about playing on? Um, I think ones that are really slick. So as soon as you hit the board, it just flies off the back. Yeah. You know, or it doesn't. You're only split. playing like, one game on that board. Yeah, like you're no, playing one game to eleven, and then you're done. <laughs> yeah. The cornhole is my number one. So I'll just, oh, okay. I'll just get that out there. The thing that I, uh, uh, the most important thing to me isn't quality of the board though; it's placement of the boards. I like it to be in the shade. Oh uh, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. If I'm standing out there in the sun, it decreases my enjoyment by quite a bit. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Well, like sunscreen though. The Lord, the Lord's elixir sunscreen. <laughs> uh, so we got your number one. What's your number three? Uh, my number three is croquet. Okay, mm. I don't think I've ever played croquet to be really? honest with you. Mm. Really? Okay. So it's kind of a hassle because you got to set up the the wickets. Like you know, you got to lay the course out every time. Mm-hmm. So it takes takes some prep. That you know, cornhole takes very little prep. But um, the whole family can play. Mm-hmm. You got the different colored balls. Uh, you can like there's penalties where you can like whack someone else's ball way off the course, which is really fun. You can choose to play it meanly or kindly. Okay, so that's a fun choice to make. Am I gonna, am I going to be mean or am I going to be kind? So I like that option. Nice. Yeah. You don't think you've ever played? I have never played. That okay. is actually my number one. Wow. Why yeah. is it number one? Okay. All right. Uh, I. I think mostly because I haven't played in a while and I do really enjoy playing croquet. I've always played it with my family or uh, my friends. And like 
Matt said, it's hard. It's not as easy to set up, but you don't need a specific course. Like you can make it as long as you want, or you can make it as short. You can add obstacles, like put a tree right in the middle. So you have to go around the tree. Um, different variations of the game, mm-hmm. like poison ball or, yeah, you can be mean if you want. You can be nice. Nice. I don't know, just like hitting a ball through some wickets. <laughs> just like uh, hitting a ball with a mallet. Yeah. All right, Matt, let's stay with you for number two. I want to do this in a specific order because I think I know what Knut's number two is. Okay. What's your number two, Matt? Well, um, my number two is badminton. Badminton, Because okay. it has a silent end. Okay, so not because of the game at all. Right. Just because you don't want to pronounce it badminton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that confusing? I guess my number uh, three and my number two have silent letters. Croquet and and badminton. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll start saying okay, badminton. So... Hey, Tyler, want to play some badminton? Uh, no. <laughs> so, so you don't really want to talk about the sport at all. You just like the letter in the name. Well, I do like the the shape of the birdie. The shuttlecock is a fun thing to hit around. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Good talk. Yeah. So my number two, Matt. I'm curious if you've heard of this game. My number two is Can Jam. Yeah, I have. Mm. I have heard of Can Jam, and I've played. I'm not very good. Um, but yeah. I like, I like it. it. I like it. For those of you that don't know, wait, I hope I have this game right. Uh, I'll correct you if you don't. It's a game where you have a frisbee and two like ovals with a little hole cut in them, and you get you go back and forth and you throw the frisbee, and your goal is to get the frisbee to go in the oval, um, and your partner the can slot the slot. The, yeah, the oval, right? I mean it can go in the top down too, but okay. the oval is more points. Okay, and your partner can help you by mm-hmm. knocking the frisbee down into the big hole. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not really, I actually don't really like Ultimate Frisbee very much. I don't like Ultimate Frisbees very much, but it's just kind of a fun game. I like smacking the Frisbee straight down. Yeah. Do you have any friends that own the game? Uh, Do you own it? Can you? I do not own it, but I have access to one. I don't own one. I guess I have access, access, access. via Canute. <laughs> now, Canute, what's your number two? And I'm pretty sure it's my number one. My number two is Bachi. That's my number one. Yeah. Ooh. Say, say more about that. Yeah. yeah tell us about Bachi. Uh, one thing I like about bocce is it's a very easy game to play and to learn. You can kind of like cornhole is really easy to set up. You just grab the balls and you throw the other balls. Literally just throw. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, you can play on teams or by yourself. Uh, another thing I like about croquet is you can play on teams or by yourself so you can yeah if you want to be feeling nice you can be on a team or it's so versatile yeah you can mm-hmm. get mad at yourself if you do bad instead <laughs> of being mad at your teammate like bocce uh, you can play just as well with two people as you can with eight yeah like it's like really yeah i also do like the the more the merrier in long games yeah because it adds more uh obstacles and variety so yeah mm-hmm. yeah i don't know why i like bocce ball so much i really can't describe it I just there's something deep within me that whenever I see bocce balls, I'm like, I need to play. I need I need it. I have I don't know where it came from, but it's been like that for my entire life. Bocce ball has like always been my favorite lawn game. There were on the Wii, we on one of the Wii games that I had, they had bocce ball and I was like obsessed. Wow. And then I realized it wasn't as fun as real life, and then I stopped playing it as much. <laughs> but like real life bocce ball, there's nothing like it. Wow. I just bought a bocce ball set for one. Um, my friends get together or when we go it, down to you know bring it to camp lake city and i was going to ask should i bring it to you camp so we can play definitely bring it to camp yeah we'll bring it to camp and 
get rowdy with it. <laughs> All right, I got a social question for you guys uh, related to yard games. Okay. Okay. So here's the situation. Uh, you're at a you know backyard party. Everybody's just kind of finishing their meal. They're just sitting around chatting. No one's really making a move or anything. They're just hanging out, and you got this yard game you really want to play. How do you approach the group? And uh, how, what do you say to them to encourage participation? What's your What's your move? If we're uh, being honest, you guys want to play bocce? Okay. Yeah, that's about what it is. You want to play? I mean, really, what I would what I would probably try to do, if not, just ask the group. You know, if I'm trying to be a little more subtle than that, I would just fight. Like, if I'm at something with Canute, I'll just say to Canute, "Hey, let's go play this," and then hopefully other people will follow. Yeah, us. that's usually how my friend group goes. There's one person plays and everyone's like i'll have a good time playing it so let's yeah. go. Ah, yeah so you take the low-hanging fruit like hey i think canute will go along with this so okay, well like I'm... i think that canute will like it like i think canute probably wants to yeah. be playing a game too so i'll get canute okay get one person and then yeah the others follow instead yeah. of just a broad address to everyone like hey let's do this also we never okay we need to talk about ecclesiastes but we never explained how like why canute is here canute why are you here <laughs> because that's what I, happens when I mess up the intro. Everything's just off the rest of the podcast. I am an active listener on the podcast, and I have wanted to be on it. And I heard that my friend Karina was on it, so I was like, maybe I'll call up Tyler and see if I can be on it. And yeah. then he said, yeah. And I said, cool. <laughs> yeah, that friend group that Karina and I are in that we talked about when she was on, Knut's in there too. Knut's like a very core member that kind of keeps us together. Tyler, when did you meet Knut? I've known Knut for 10 years. I met him in the yeah. year 2013 when I was 15 and he was 18. Our 10-year anniversary. It was like 10-year anniversary, yeah. Wow. Year. And summer. when we were, when that summer, we would tell people that together we were the most Scandinavian person ever because mm-hmm. you could combine our names and make our name Knut Magnuson. Yes, that's <laughs> what we were known for probably. Yeah, that's that was my claim to fame. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so um, Ecclesiastes. Right. About as meaningless as uh, that joke about our names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, Tyler and Canute, when do you think is the last time you read Ecclesiastes? Oh. Uh, a couple months ago. Okay. Multiple years ago. Multiple years ago. Well, you All were right. taught about Ecclesiastes last year. When? Uh, Ian talked about it. He did talk about it, but I don't think I read it. Uh, I was kind of listening, you know, as a youth leader, <laughs> just watching other kids making. Oh yeah, Knut's also a youth leader for me. I forgot to say that. <laughs> Deeply dived into Ecclesiastes multiple years ago. I've heard about it, obviously, here and That's there. Bad. Yeah, yeah. What's going on in this book? This is <laughs> this is probably what a great question. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, Opinion is probably all over the map on this one. I think it's one of the harder books in the Bible to really get a handle on and figure out, like, what's the main message here? There's parts of it that seem very, uh, like, un, maybe ungodly. And that's not really the word I want, but it seems like a big departure. Irreverent. Ir- irreverent? Okay. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, and yet, the end, you know, once you get to chapter 12, really seems like, wow, this is a really great conclusion that he wraps up with. Uh, so Tyler, we'll start, we'll just start the question we usually start with. Like, what do you do with Ecclesiastes? What's the first thing that comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind is meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. (laughs) Okay. I will say I, since, I mean, pretty much since I started reading the Bible, I have like really connected with Ecclesiastes. Like I have always, like, I, I remember, like, I think one of the first times I was reading through the Bible, I got to Ecclesiastes and I was like, 
dang, I really like this book. What do you think it is about it that you like about it? Can you narrow it down? I mean, <clears throat> I, I've never, like, I feel like I've had a decent handle for a while on the reality that without God, there's no point to my life. Mm-hmm. And so Ecclesiastes is like the proof text for that. Like I already had those like thoughts swirling in my mind. Like I had like God is my, my purpose for being here. Like it's all about, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. And then to read that book, it's just like very real and like a, like a divinely inspired, mm-hmm. like outpouring of what's in my brain. Mm-hmm. It seems like, it seems like what happens here is that we have a chance to hear from a person who like literally had everything that a person could possibly want pretty much. Yeah. Like, Do you think it's Solomon yeah. that wrote it? Uh, yeah. Checked on perspective. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Okay. Uh, mostly because of like, he is definitely one person who would be able to get like whatever he wanted, you know? Yeah. And it looks like we have the benefit of hearing from someone who gets all that stuff. And then in the end, his judgment is, yeah, that was all pretty meaningless. Like that didn't satisfy me, you know, fill me up um, without God. I still have this huge hole, even though I had all this stuff. So, for instance, we might live our lives, you know, down here on this plane, not even close to Solomon and think, oh, if I only had like more of this right. or more of that, mm-hmm. then I'd be satisfied. But we can hear from someone who's like literally had all that. Like, no. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Like he was like the most successful king Israel had. Like yeah. it of yeah. all of like I would I feel like you could say of all of the Israelites in the Old Testament, Solomon had the most like earthly treasure. Mm-hmm. At least the people recorded, right? Is there anybody more? Yeah. I don't think so. It's probably him. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, chapter two. Uh I made great works for myself. I made pools from which to water the forest. I bought male and female slaves. I gathered for myself silver and gold. I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept from my heart no pleasure. For my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for my toil. So, like, he's just basically saying, I got whatever I wanted. Yeah, and, and there was like a dead end at the end of it. Yeah, which I think is a really helpful perspective, and it sounds like what you kind of realized about it when you first started reading it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I think when I had a student that taught about Ecclesiastes, I think twice in like his senior year, like junior and senior year, and he like he saw it as a very helpful counterpoint to some strands of Christianity that are just like have Jesus and you'll always be happy. Mm. as as he saw it like he he was reacting against i mean i'm not okay i think kis is a good radio station i listened to it a ton growing up Mm -hmm. but he really didn't like that radio station because he felt like the the their phrase of like always uplifting always encouraging was like disingenuous Mm. he's like no christianity is not always going to like you're not always going to feel uplifted and encouraged sometimes you're going to feel beaten down yeah so he he really connected with ecclesiastes for that reason yeah the the other thing that i appreciate about ecclesiastes is that um Solomon seems to point us back to the simple things uh, for like the real enjoyment of life. Like Like a good meal. Yeah. Like chapter nine, for instance, Uh, go eat your bread with joy, drink your wine with a merry heart. Uh, Let your garments be always white. Let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he's given you under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. So he seems to be saying like, 
you don't have to strive for like the more and more and more like find meaning and pleasure in the really simple things like eating your food and literally like enjoying life with your spouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like we can, I find that helpful. Yeah. Right. Driving us back to God has given you the gift of life. Enjoy the simple things. Um, that message resonates with me. I don't know about y'all. I, I like it. Yeah. I like it too. Yeah. Uh, can you do you have anything else you want to say about Ecclesiastes? Or any other things you want to say on the Valley View podcast? I think, depending on how you take it, Ecclesiastes can be relatable. Yeah. As in, mm-hmm. yeah, everything is meaningless, but you also can pick out points that are meaningful to you. Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And while we've got Canute here, we try to keep a like an open spirit towards criticism on the VVP. Uh, just tell Tyler and I what we can do better. Yeah, how can we improve yeah. the VVP? Oh my! I where do, where do we fall short, and what should we be doing better? <laughs> creating a lot of dead, of creating a lot of dead air there, Canute. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Everyone check uh... that. Everyone just check their their phone to see if the podcast <laughs> is like paused or turned off or something. <laughs> Not asking dumb <laughs> questions. That might be a place to start. <laughs> No, I from, yeah. Ask your guests better questions. From all the podcasts I've listened to and all the episodes of this podcast, mm. I think it is a very good balance. Mm. And I honestly can't think of anything except for a live mm. podcast. So a live, a live oh. podcast, video, video, or a video, live. a video, uh-huh. or both actually. Oh, recorded live and video streaming our podcast at 1 30 on thursdays do you Maybe. have any uh any moments in the podcast that stand out as particularly enjoyable for any uh any story or something we've talked about i going way back to when it started would like the the spelling the first spelling missions mm-hmm. yeah because you guys would try to give each other equal level of words and they were never equal one in my opinion some are definitely yeah. better than the others do you think i should have had to spell tag of Iloa? i think not many people could do that correctly and like you it was a it was an easy win for tyler i think i could spell it <laughs> all right well thank you canute uh we will see y'all next week i mean i will be podcasting from romania next week that's not actually true but we'll, we'll record it and it'll come out while i'm in romania so have a great week everybody Happy end of July. Bye.